We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in my second bedroom in Santa Monica, California, uh, with two of my sisters. Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas. How is everything there? Howdy, Liz. I am good. So happy to be with you today. Yep, that's it. You're back to the howdy. Okay. <laughs> I'm back right. to you. Texas. I know you try on the howdy every once in a while. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, Lee and Dolan, you are in Pasadena, California. Anything interesting going on out there? Well, we're packing. We're going to NYC this afternoon. So oh, wow. drop that kid off at college Saturday. We're headed out of town. So <laughs> my Empty husband, nesters. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Woo-hoo. We haven't been to New York, my husband and I, uh, on vacation in 24 years. Really? Huh? Oh, that will yeah. be fun. Yeah. I mean, we've both been in and around the New York City area for work or we've cut through during family weddings or we've we took the kids once or twice. But this is like he and I. I mean, he's got some work. I've got some work, but we have a real weekend vacation. I'm going to tell you all about the planning. Tell you yeah. all about the planning. Well, I know from your Twitter feed that you've been entering the Hamilton lottery. So yes, that's the I'm good first step. I'm pretty sure I'm going to win. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty oh, sure. I am too, Leanne. I really feel you could do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we have a full show today because who is it me or does a lot of stuff happen every week now? Uh, Julie, you you are our international news watcher. You yes, we have twenty four seven. I mean, are I, you getting? I am. My head is exploding. Okay, yeah. and uh, I know you're worried about a lot of things. Well, unfortunately, I have a few more things you need to worry about. Okay, oh, no. so okay, I'll tell you. All right, on the domestic front, a lot of news from the NFL this week. We're going to talk a little bit about that and the concept of athletes' rights and when athletes speak up. Also, Liz, one of our favorite segments here, because it's just the kind of girls we are, the Bitter Business Bureau. <laughs> Grrr. Yeah, yeah. There's a big one today in the news, and I, I don't even know what to say. We'll, we'll get there. It affects yeah. all of us. It affects, like, all adults in the entire United States of America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Wow, you are bitter. I can tell. I can tell. Why don't you have some fruit juice or something? Um, uh, You know, they say retail is dead, but there's one retail outlet I love, and I'm not giving it up to go online for that. And then, Julie, you have some marriage hacks. Leanne, you don't have to fix your marriage anymore. Now you can just hack it, okay? (laughs) Okay. We're going to hack our marriages, okay? It's going to be awesome, sister. (laughs) And then Liz has an Operation Sea Turtle Report. But first, Julie, you have a little how was your week. You you were a buffer guest this weekend. I, I was, Leon. I was, Leon. Now, let's review. Uh, if you go back to Satellite Sisters' Uncommon Senses, this is the first book that the Satellite Sisters wrote ages ago. Leon, you wrote yeah. a very helpful essay in there. It was entitled, it is entitled, The Buffer Guest. This is, and you describe a buffer guest as the go-to relative or friend who helps you through a potentially stressful social situation, right? Right. This past weekend, my husband and I went to San Francisco as the buffer guests. A good, my good friend out there, her son is engaged, uh, and everybody's excited about the engagement, but you know how it is, Leanne, when two families come together, Sometimes wires can get crossed. Mm-hmm. There can be miscommunication. And we just wanted to go out there to show our support for this for these upcoming nuptials and also to really just show our support to our friends. So now, Julie, you were, can I interrupt here? Were you advised in advance that you were there in the role of the buffer guest? Leon, this, uh, Liz, this is the thing that I think because I've read the book, uh, uh, Satellite Sisters on Common Sense, <laughs> okay. I think I just sensed You that. sensed, okay. I mean, part of it was that the very good news is the bride comes from a very large, loving family. Uh, and both of those words are important, large and loving. And they were all going to show up at this engagement party. The groom is from a smaller family. And again, so this is, I just felt like without someone telling me, I felt like this was my calling. Yeah, that you okay. need to go. And because you want to support your friends, you want to make sure you know that things things are going smoothly. And Leon, you outlined this very clearly in the book. You said the buffer guess is an age-old idea. 
It is it is as old as the invention of the place card. Very good line. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that you wrote I, that in the book? I and mean, that is a blur. That's all and a blur that like I wrote that. All you always want social situations to go well. Nobody wants nobody wants conflict. We don't need any more conflict, right? We need, oh, gosh, we need no. harmony. We need families coming, people coming together. But you said it's not an easy job. The buffing. Uh, you have you have some clear roles to do. Number one, you need to be punctual. Now, Leon, you know that's no problem for me. Right. Right? <laughs> it's okay. a given. It's a gimme. Right. Okay, you need to be low maintenance. And we were very low maintenance because we came on our own. We had our own car. We, you know, we were not interfering with any of the party preparations. Nobody had to pick us up. Nobody had to drive us around. We knew we were where we were going. Of course, we have been to my friend's house before. So, again, didn't need directions, knew what to do, knew where to park. Uh, you then outline that you have several other things that you need to do. You need to keep the conversation going. You need to coo over the food. Uh, if necessary, you wrote you have to suck up to the social superiors. Now yeah. I didn't. I didn't see any of those in there, but uh, but uh, <laughs> we did. We did assume our role. And uh, generally, what we felt like what we needed to do was just to be very solid. Okay, we yeah. wanted to appear as very solid guests. We came early. We talked to people. You don't have to be the life of the party as the buffer guest. Am I right, Liam? No, that's t- totally true. You just yeah. have to talk to the right people. It's that yeah. idea of like filling in the lulls. But yeah, you do not. No <laughs> lampshade necessary. No lampshade. No, you don't. You don't have to do that. And and I wanted. I felt that it was very Im- important to project this solid character because I think it would reflected well on the host so that and the hostess so that the other the bride's family could see that the, that they were they were going to be joining into a family that had very solid friends you know you know what I mean by that yeah yeah so that was good I did circulate with the bridesmaids they were adorable and they told me later as a group that they had all decided they liked my dress Oh, which, oh, did like, you wear the dress we picked out? The- yes, Liam, okay, that's the nice. dress I did. So, I, yeah. so that, that went well. Uh, I had targeted key conversations, Leon. Again, I was not intimidated by the large, loving uh, family of the bride uh, because, <laughs> you know, we're used to large groups, okay? But here was the key. I also recognized that many of these cousins, these aunts and uncles, uh, the grandfather, they enjoy each other. So they're willing to talk to members of the groom's family, but only a little bit. You know, they yeah. really want yeah, to spend time with their family. So I think I we accomplished that. There was some circulation, but not too much, if you know what I mean. And then when the hostess, who had prepared some very nice food, the party was in the backyard. It was a spectacular day in San Francisco, although I was a little worried about an earthquake. But other than that, I felt very, very good about it. Um, And when she said, could someone please start eating? You know, we went right to the line and got in line and got something to eat because that's what the hostess needed at the time to start people doing that. You said in the book, Leon, that buffing will be recognized for almost as a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you still feel that way? I still do. It's. I feel like as I age, it's even more important now. I see I've filled in the role so many times since writing that essay 16 years ago that, yeah, as you see, you you made the weekend, Julie. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you I, I felt you said, you said the buffer guest is as important at as at Thanksgiving as the turkey that's what you wrote (laughs) without it everyone stares at the host Uh, but because of the buffer guests then everyone can eat up so that that's that's some good writing right there I I would recommend it all to all to go back to this and finally this is this is really this was this was the final piece that really uh, I mean I may get the Nobel Peace Prize in the middle of the party one of the guests apparently had lost a bracelet. We're out in the backyard, beautiful backyard uh, in the grass. And so we noticed that there were several people. They didn't want to make a commotion. They didn't want to ruin the party. Nobody was on their hands and knees, but they were frantically looking for this bracelet. And the woman who lost the bracelet kept saying, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I don't want to interrupt anyone. But you could kind of sense she really wanted her bracelet. So 
the buffer guests, we sprung into action, my husband and I. We said a little prayer to St. Anthony, who is the patron saint of La- Do not laugh, Liz. Do okay, not, no, not laughing. Laugh. Good for you. Mom would be so proud. Yeah, he is the pa- patron saint of lost items. And don't you know it? I came up with the lost bracelet. Un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. That unbelievable. is a gold medal performance, Julie. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay, I found the bracelet, and of course this bracelet was so special to this woman. It had been given to her by her sister. She only wears it on very special occasions, and she had chosen to wear it at this engagement party, and she was she was going to be heartbroken if she had lost the, uh, lost the bracelet. And it was Ooh, you, know, you have really embraced your role, Julie. I, I know. Upper so, guest slash martyr. I mean, you have stepped in. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking it to next level buffing. Really. Calling okay. in your divine powers. <laughs> okay, well, all I'm saying, Leon, is I was, I feel that as we enter the holiday season, that mm-hmm. it is, it would be worthwhile for all of us to get yourself a copy of Satellite Sisters Uncommon Senses and read Leon's essay, The Buffer Guest. Uh, it, it's quite inspiring. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Thank you. I'm glad it was successful, too. I, I know there was some concern. I'm glad you made it through. Good work. And to your husband. Excellent work. Excellent work. Well, we are planning our trip to NYC. And it's funny because um, we have some work to do. My husband has a lot of meetings. I have a couple of meetings, but he has a lot. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the New York area, there's a lot of planes, trains, automobiles, and buses, like transportation around the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut can be tricky. And at one Mm -hmm. point, we have to go to Connecticut for a meeting, which happens to be in our hometown of Southport, Connecticut, which is not really a city of industry. You know, so it's surprising <laughs> my husband has like a global client in, in Southport, Connecticut. That in itself is bizarre. So we're trying to like map out his meetings and how to get there and where to stay. And then we have to go out to, for, to Connecticut for 48 hours and then come back to the city. And then he has to make another trip out to Connecticut and I have to go downtown. So... Uh, so my, uh, so when we were doing the trip to Connecticut, I was like, okay, well, we'll just, you know, no one rents a car in Manhattan. So we'll take the train, you know, we'll take a cab to Grand Central. We'll take the train out to Stanford. We'll take, you know, we'll take the, we'll get a rental car at the Stanford train station. We'll drive to blah, blah. And then I can take an Uber. Like, and he's like, well, why don't we just rent a car in Manhattan? And I was like, rent a car in Manhattan. I mean, I like didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> I just, I realized most of my impressions of like New York and driving in and out of New York were set by my mother. You know what I mean? Like we never drove in and out of the city. We always took the train. Our dad would drive. Mm -hmm. But like, Liz, when you lived there, like you wouldn't rent a car in Manhattan. It was so expensive to rent a car in Manhattan. It cost like double. You would at least get yourself out to the airport to rent a car if you had to rent a car because it was so expensive to pick one up in Manhattan. So I understand why that's in the back of your mind, Leanne. It is. So I just, it seemed like such a radical idea like I don't even know can you rent one are there cars <laughs> look it up and then we did the cost comparison I'm like well I mean it is expensive to rent a car in Manhattan don't get me wrong but then we started to add up like the cab ride to Grand Central the two train station tickets to Connecticut the Uber that he goes it's actually cheaper to rent the car <laughs> I was like you're right kills me that you're right but so we are renting a car in Manhattan and driving to Connecticut which seems incredibly bold and brave you know <laughs> So, but we're going to do it. I'll tell you how it goes. And then we, we have pretty much the whole weekend open, except now he has to go back to Connecticut, whatever. But we're going to take in the 9-11 Memorial, which I haven't Good. seen. Uh, I haven't that'll seen be there. great. And uh, the High Line, uh, I've been on that, but uh, Barrick wants to see it. And then probably the new Whitney. Do a little downtown thing. I'm yeah, that's go a the, good that's a yeah. good combo. The High Line and the Whitney Museum. Uh, that's very enjoyable. Yeah, we're just really looking forward to it. So I can't wait. But so it looks like it might rain Saturday, but the rest of the weather is supposed to be nice. We're happy for rain. I don't care. So, Leon, are you wearing clogs? What about footwear? Because that's the really? thing. When you go to New York, you think you wear shoes around and you don't get blisters. Then somehow you go to New York, you walk one block, and you know your your feet erupt 
in blisters. What's your footwear? What's the strategy? I can't believe you asked me about that because I literally, after that post on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group about dance goes, the new hip shoes, the clogs, yeah. and once again, took time to put down clogs. I ordered a pair of black patent leather dance go clogs. <laughs> I'm taking them. Jewel, I'm taking them. They're in the bag. Dress Take clogs. Them. Dress clogs. Just stick with the classics. <laughs> I have I have sneakers I have low booties that are Taryn Rose you know that yeah so I but she makes like a second line at Macy's not the super expensive Taryn Rose line but I have some of those and then I have my boots like I wore to Dallas so I have quite a few options but you need it as you said Manhattan hammers your feet so there's gonna be a lot of walking so I think I'm okay there are no high heels in my bag there are no open-toed shoes it's it's boot season there in Manhattan so I think I'm good it's just like a suitcase full of black clothes and my black (laughs) (laughs) you're set for New York ready I overthink it. You know, why Why try to, you know, put pink in your, or purple? What's the point? There's no point in New York. Just mix and match with black and gray and black. So that's what I'm going with. Have fun. That'll be great. Yeah. Good. Good report. Um, sisters, can we just, uh, we have, we, I want to do a, a quick international round roundup, but we have to start in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I mean, those are really startling images of devastation coming out of uh, uh, Puerto Rico. I mean, and heartbreaking pictures of the lines for cash, for water, for gas, for food. Uh, clearly a humanitarian crisis. And it's one that, you know, as as a family, we we traveled, we went to Puerto Rico. It's pretty amazing. We didn't go on many family trips. Together. We didn't go anywhere, really, for anywhere. most of our lives. I mean, there was a trip to Washington, which is also outlined in the Satellite <laughs> Sisters Uncommon book, mm-hmm. Uncommon Senses book, where Leon is still bitter all these years about that. <laughs> but we also had a family family vacation to Puerto Rico. So we you know, we had a wonderful, we have wonderful memories of the island, of the people, of the beautiful uh, countryside, of the beaches, and just the images are so terrible. I mean, it's just a reminder that I know everybody has opened, you know, their hearts and their purses for the, uh, you know, for Hurricane Harvey and Irma. We just have to support the people of Puerto Rico as well. Yeah, those photos are devastating. Uh, I mean, 30 years, they say this has set the island back six months without power. You can't, it's hard to even conceive of what it's like there on the ground now. And of course, the, you know, the recovery is so much more difficult because it is an island. It's, you know, it's not, it's not like Harvey here where, you know, people from Dallas were, they were just, you know, loading up trucks. They were taking their bass boats down to Houston to help out. And, you know, they could just drive there. This is going to be a long road. So um, I was, I saw that Jennifer Lopez is donating a million dollars to help in Puerto Rico, and I hope, I hope that we can do another big fundraiser to help these people because that mm-hmm. our people, you know, that's you're right, really right. It is okay. a beautiful, special island. I have, it is. It I is haven't a- been there in a long time, but I have lovely memories of Puerto Rico and how nice the people were. And we used to go to Christmas Eve mass at that little church in Dorado. It was just, it's a beautiful, special island. Yeah. So, um, so we have, we all have work to do there. So um, next stop. Okay. Uh, this week, um, you may not have noticed it because of everything else in the news, but the North Korean foreign minister uh, announced that the U.S. had declared war on, uh, on North Korea, which would now enable North Korea to shoot down U.S. planes if they came anywhere near the North Korean airspace. Yeah, I okay. did notice that, Julie. It came up as a news alert on my phone. Yeah. Uh, yes. well, okay. Oh, well, I, great. Here's, here's the big point is, as as you know, I went to North Korea. And one of the things that they, they mentioned multiple times when I was there, they make a big point of the fact that North Korea does not, never signed a peace treaty with the United States after the Korean War, that they were still technically at war with the United States. Uh, and so... That's why these comments seem so odd. Like to me, anyway, that's like, well, you've always been at war. That's you're planning, you know, when I was there six years ago, you were still, you were planning for the imminent attack by the United States at that point. So uh, there is obviously a very grave threat. The rhetoric has increased. The pressure, the international pressure on North Korea has, has increased. 
But this is, uh, you know, it was such a strange comment that the foreign minister made. I was really surprised because you that's that's part of their normal standard. That's the kind of status quo there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, just just something obviously, you know, just every day we're going to have to worry about that situation. So and hope that some of this international pressure and, uh, you know, and diplomatic pressure can that you know that the north koreans will back down yeah i put that in the category julia there are certain things that are just like aren't funny anymore you know like don't make any jokes about this anymore because it's just 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 not funny the stakes are too high and so north korea firmly in that doesn't make me laugh anymore anytime category yeah okay that's i think that's appropriate liz i think that's appropriate hey cuba uh, I, I don't know, have you been watching this story that 21 American diplomats that were stationed in Cuba, you know, we have our new embassy there in Havana, have have uh, reported a, a wide variety of symptoms that they're suffering from, from traumatic brain injury to hearing loss, to loss of balance, to severe headaches, cognitive disruption, what? And, brain, and brain swelling. They now believe that that these diplomats who were stationed at the North Korean at the North at the Cuban U.S. embassy in Havana were victims of a sonic attacks by Cuba. That they were sending sonic signals into the embassy that resulted in very serious physical symptoms for 21 American diplomats. That sounds uh, like something that only happens in a movie. You know, no, some well, completely and they, and fake they, thing. Well, no, the Canadians oh, feel like there are some Canadian diplomats as well suffering from the same symptoms. Right, oh, that this is very, you know, and that they be- they're not certain how it's done, but they do believe it's something sonic, and they believe perhaps Cuba, with their good friends, the North Koreans or perhaps the Iranians were involved in these attacks or or they believe it is some subfaction of the Cuban government or the Cuban military that is sending these sonic signals, um, you know, towards the Americans and other foreign dip- uh, diplomats um, as some way to disrupt what's going on in Cuba. But this is serious. I mean, we, you know, the Rex Tillerson, our Secretary of State, has said that he, they may, they're considering a wide range of responses from closing the embassy to expelling Cuban Cuban diplomats. But very serious situations. When we, when the embassy was opened, I think there was this sense that this was going to be a new chapter in the U.S.-Cuban relations, and that. You know, perhaps it was going to open the dialogue and the communication. But this is this is bad. You know, what could be the motivation Mm -hmm. for for Cuba for, uh, you know, for the, uh, you know, is it what would be the motivation? Yeah, because the idea is they wanted normalization. Right. Well, somebody doesn't. Somebody somebody doesn't. doesn't. That I believe. Yeah. 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 I can't. I, I don't mean to be frivolous about this, but I can't help it. Think it would be an excellent strategy for flushing out a troublesome downstairs neighbor. <laughs> okay. Okay. I won't say any more about that. Okay. Okay, Liz. Okay. You got to snap out. Snap out. Now, now we put this in the category of not funny. Okay. Please. All right. It's not okay. funny. This You're is right. Not funny. Okay. I would draw the comment. Okay. One last not funny thing that again that while we were all uh, looking at football games uh, this weekend. Uh, the uh, Kurdish region of of Iraq. This is the semi-autonomous uh, Kurdish region of of Iraq. They went ahead uh, against all international complaints and conflicts. They decided to hold their landmark referendum seeking independence, and they had an overwhelming vote. They're still tallying it, but it's clear that they w- were going to vote for independence. The Kurds are the largest ethnic population without a country. Um, you know that there are Kurds in Syria, Iran, Turkey, Iraq, uh, and they are uh, quick to tell you when you visit Kurdistan that they are the largest ethnic population without a country, and that it just ended up that way because after World War One, when all the colonial powers were carving up the Middle East. They just made some arbitrary decisions that uh, negatively impact the Kurds. The Kurds were also certainly 
Um, they were certainly victims of Saddam Hussein. I mean, that they, you know, they're, the Kurdish people were gassed by a Saddam Hussein. And so they, but the Kurds and their army, the Peshmerga soldiers, they have been key in def, uh, defeating ISIS in uh, northern Iraq. And they are key to the liberation of the city of Mosul, which everybody has heard of. So they want their independence. And everyone's against this, including the United States. The United States, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Turkey, they're all against it because they feel like it will really destabilize the region. And the Kurds don't care. They would like their independence. So what do we so, need to do, Julie? <laughs> is there any, is there anything, should we call somebody? What do we need to do? What's the deal? So, I mean, I think that you have to, have to see that they have a point. Like, they defeated ISIS... <laughs> Right. They, you know, they want their own country. They should have their own country, and uh, and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to do it. So they don't really care what the government in Iraq uh, wants to do. So again, it's something to worry about. It's another not funny topic for you to, uh, to consider this week. If you would like to understand a little bit more about it, Leanne, there have been several great documentaries on the National Geographic channel about the Kurdish fight against ISIS. And I was just watching one of the episodes last week, and they were particularly focusing on an all-female fighting force uh, yeah. among the Peshmerga. It's just, a, it, it, it's a fascinating story and a group of people that have been fighting against so many people for a long time. It's a, that's a tough one, because it would be easier yeah. for everyone if they didn't want to be independent. Uh, but you can certainly understand why they do. Yeah. So, so you can watch TV if you'd like to do okay, something about that's it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been such a week. I've been watching that Vietnam, uh, oh, you know, God. documentary just to lighten things up a little. So, <laughs> okay. 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 So that's that's it. So nothing Ooh. funny from the international um, uh, point of view this week. No. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the domestic front, kind of a firestorm in the in the NFL. And uh, I think, like most of the country, we have different points of view on this. Uh, I was sort of interested in what happened. You know, Friday night, the the president challenged the NFL to fire the few players that were kneeling during the national anthem, and that created a movement within the NFL to sort of stand up for their own player, uh, their their own player and their own players, and you know. And the next thing we know, we have Jerry Jones as a social justice warrior, which is <laughs> something anyone anticipated. That's a surprising turn of events. Really very surprising. Very surprising. But, you know, I'm a big sports fan, but I've also paid attention to sports my whole life. I worked in the sports business. And I always find, I found the story interesting from an athlete's rights point of view. And there was a lot of criticism of these athletes this weekend, which I think is unfounded that somehow they all make millions of dollars. So they should just, you know, shut up and, and play the game. And, you know, when you meet professional athletes that are world-class that have worked their whole lives and you meet them and you see how many of them are fighting against their leagues, their governing bodies, their coaches, they have rights and they have a right to speak up for what they want to do. And in Colin Kaepernick's place, he, he has paid the ultimate price. He lost his job. And the truth is very few athletes do speak up. There are lots of professional athletes with big platforms that play the game. They do stay in their lane. Many of them have to because to be a world-class athlete, you have to focus on your sport all the time. You know, these are not normal people. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Liz? You've met a lot yeah, of Yeah, I agree. I mean, this he is a conversation about. that I've actually had, like with Charles Barkley, who's obviously very outspoken. And yeah. I've had the same conversation with Michael Jordan, who has always decided not to sort of during his playing career now you see he comments on things but during his playing career he just felt like that was not a role he wanted to play right. so there are there are relatively few, few of athletes. the athletes with the big platforms that really do decide to risk it for taking a controversial point of view um, it's really in a way it's surprising to me that so few of them do do it but you can understand they're they're playing with their careers Right. Yeah. So that was what was surprising to me is sort of this wave. It was like a firestorm across the country in all these games. These players and teams had to react right away. And they did so. That was a surprise to me because they saw what had happened to Kaepernick and the few players that were also joining him in his protest against police brutality. And they decided to go for it anyway. And I, I you know, think it, it, you can disagree 
You can agree, like that's the whole point. You can decide you never want to watch the NFL again, or you can decide you have a newfound respect for the players of the NFL. That is also the point. But I I think it, yeah, no, I think it forced everyone to just decide one way or the other. I know for me, you know, I realized I cannot control what the players or owners or anyone else could do. I can I can only make my own decision to stand up when the national anthem is being played, you know, and that that for me was the most important and not watch people who who didn't want to stand up. So but I don't expect that my point of view is going to influence other people. I think the you know environment now is just it did just such it blew up and it becomes so right. toxic so fast that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't thoughtful. It wasn't it wasn't like people were even talking about the issue that Colin Kaepernick br- brought up, which no. was police brutality. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what people I think people were just mad at the president. So that was so who knows? I, I only know what I could do. So, but yeah. I, I, I do think it does, you know, I think people don't turn it around and think of it from the athlete's point of view. When I hear people say, oh, you know, they make a million dollars, so they should just shut up. I just don't believe that. I don't believe that your job title or the amount of money you make should, you know, eliminate you from discussing things in public. And, and I, I don't get that. And, and the reason the game of football is entertaining is because these are fantastic athletes who's worked very hard to be there. I, so I don't think they feel like they owe the owners anything. I feel like they feel like they have earned their spot on the field after years and years of hard work. Yeah, so, I mean, that's another, with both the NBA and NFL players, that's another conversation I've had with some very elite players. And there is obviously a lot of tension there uh, because the players feel like they have, earned everything that they have and the the owners obviously feel the same way about themselves but the owners are you know even richer even more powerful and no one tells the owners that they don't get to have a point of view about what's going on in the world so you can I understand their sensitivity to that why do the players have to be silent but the but the owners um owners don't have to be but then when you look and I Julie I completely understand how people have very wide points of view on this and I also understand just the exhaustion of oh my god can't they just you know not ruin football and you know I think you see that in many sports in the rare going to see the Billie Jean King movie this weekend I really just thought a lot about what Billie Jean King put on the line in the if you haven't seen Battle of the Sexes have you seen it yet Joel? It, well, it's just opening this weekend in Dallas. So I think uh, I think for a lot of us, you know, uh, who aren't on the coast, that you're, it's going to be available this weekend. I can't wait to see it. But I agree with you, Liz. She she really put at risk her whole Everything. career, yes. her whole reputation to play tennis against this duffer, right? Yeah. You know, and even the story is, of course, it's about that actual match. But it's much more the background about, you know, how she went on to found uh, her own tennis tour for women because the U.S. Lawn Tennis Association suspended all of the women because they were getting paid only one-eighth of what the men were getting paid, right? So a man, if winning a tournament, would win $12,000. The women would only win 1500 for winning the same tournament. And so they have a lot of, you know, and these are real-life stories in the movie, just people saying, that, well, the men are more exciting to watch, which, by the way, you still hear that, or it's just biology. or And it was really Billie Jean King who said, no, we, we are not going to play this game. We are not going to show up for your tournaments and get disrespected that way. And it was very controversial and very unpopular. And there's a super great scene in the movie, which... I understand from listening to some of the interviews with Billie Jean King about the movie, there was one particular moment she wanted to make sure made it into the movie, which was a day in September of 1970 when the nine women who broke away from the U.S. Lawn Tennis Association and uh, funny Sarah Silverman is playing the woman who's in charge of all their sponsorships and she's like cigarettes girls I need you smoking more cigarettes Uh, but but there's one day where they all sign token one dollar contracts for their new league while the the U.S. LTA um, is watching them thinking this will never work we just need to crush them Anyway, it's, you know, Billie Jean King, clearly once in a generation. And did that really affect the popular conversation about gender equity 
in the United States across everything, not just sports? Of course it did. Yeah. Of yeah. course it yeah. did. I mean, she was a transformational figure. Imagine if she had lost. Yeah. It, there I mean, was. I remember watching that. Match. I remember watching there was too. So much at stake, and when she won, I remember walking home uh, and just just being so happy to be a girl. Yes. I mean, I, it was like it was like girl power that night, you know, I, and and that was really ex- exciting. I agree, Julie. That's the. I remember watching that too. So it was 1973. Yeah. So I, you know, I was in high school and watching it with a bunch of my high school friends. It was super tense, Leon. You're too young yeah. to remember. I, I remember distinctly watching it with mom and dad in our yeah. living room. So yeah, no, I absolutely remember that. I was, this might've been had she lost, but you look back now, you're like, that would have put the women's movement back like 20 years. We oh, already yeah. couldn't pass the Equal Rights Amendment. So if she had lost and that jerk right. Bobby Riggs had won. I know. Even I though, know. of course, it was a really stupid premise. So women, stupid. Women should not have to prove that they can beat the men in order to be treated with respect on, mm-hmm. the, on the tennis tour. Right? That should yeah, not right. be. But uh, also, it sort of reinforced to me watching it, like, oh, just personally walking such a fine line. You know, she has you know she wants to make america love her and be on her side and so there are all these gimmicks around the tournament remember julie she handed bobby riggs a pig and it's just like oh yeah so you're just you're supposed to be having light-hearted fun and yet the stakes are so high and you know i feel like muhammad ali sort of threaded that same needle how do you do that be so outspoken and really trying to change the way people feel about something, but still have people love you. That is not easy. So anyway, it's if very you're, difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. Very yeah. few people pull that okay, off. Okay, so you're recommending the movie. The movie is totally uh, is recommending the movie. Okay, good. In, good. in my theater, so if you're boycotting the NFL, you just go to the Billie Jean King. You got lots of time your, now. Just your Sundays <laughs> and Monday spring. Just. <laughs> Go see the Billie Jean King movie. And Liz, one of the um, participants on our Satellite Sisters Facebook group, she is in charge of distribution of the movie. Is I that know. Wasn't Duvall. that crazy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we thank you for doing such a great job. You can see her post on uh, in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. We've met Duvall. Duvall came to our Brooklyn reading. Leanne, you may, oh, okay. you, may okay. you may have even met her. And uh, yeah, this is just a very it's a very timely movie to have out there, even if the whole NFL thing hadn't blown up. It's very timely. Right. But also, it's just like it's charming and it's fun and everyone in it. You know, Steve Carell is great. And Elizabeth Shue plays his wife. And I just, where is Elizabeth Shue? I would like to see more of Elizabeth Shue on the screen. <laughs> okay, How come we good. never get to see I, her in anything? I, I hear the tennis is good in it, too. That's what Billie Jean King wanted to make sure that the doubles for Bobby Riggs and yes. uh, and for her could actually play tennis. And so they're pros uh, that, you know, that yeah. were in those scenes as well. So if you like tennis, you'll see good tennis in this movie, too, apparently. Yes. Oh, and one last thing I'll mention about what makes the movie so um, thoughtful and meaningful is they got the real uh, tournament commentary from Howard Cosell. And so, which was hard for them to get permission to use that. They didn't want to fake that. They wanted people to really hear what a network broadcaster was saying about a female professional tennis player during the match. Just all the sort of demeaning little lady language. And so they just felt like it it would be way powerful for people to really hear Howard Cosell say it. I know people (laughs) consider him a genius and I know he had that relationship with Ali that was supposed to be magic but it's comments like that that stick in my mind with him. So Yeah, well Rosie Uh Casals who had to be the commentator with him, she said part of the problem also is that he really didn't know anything about tennis. So there's that. So he talked (laughs) about everything but tennis blah 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 howard cosell okay anyway battle of the sexes uh go see it um one last story before we need to take a break i would just like we haven't had a bitter business bureau in a while um but i would like to to the bitter business bureau needs to call out uh the now former chief executive officer of equifax richard smith 
stepped down, I don't know, last night, early this morning, whatever. And uh, he's just going to retire. He's just going to, oh, yeah, I think the company can be better led by some other people. Yeah, no kidding, Richard Smith. Now that you've compromised all of our credit information for almost every adult in the United States of America, have you guys checked on your Equifax report and whether you were part of the breach? Okay, you know what, Liz? I was, I'm afraid to. I got an email about it, but I thought, is this true? Is this a real one? Or is this one of these phishing emails? I don't know who to give my information to. I don't want to go in. I don't want to, I don't want to give my middle initial or my password. They already have it all. It makes me so mad. Okay. I'm just, I mean, yeah. I never really thought information was secure, but these guys could have done a better job. They yeah. could have really, I mean, and the fact that the CEO gets to resign, retire, I mean, that, that it's criminal. It yeah. really is criminal. Uh, I think they say like he's getting a $17 million retirement package. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, really? honestly, yeah. of course. Yeah, the yeah. board of directors yeah. is going to decide whether he gets that all, but, you know, he's going to get most of it. He's yeah. going to, you know. Oh, and he's staying on as an unpaid advisor to the company. Like, I would oh, say, yeah. thanks, but no thanks, Dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, like, no, I think you can leave now. And, by the way, take all of your senior management with you. Because it's what's annoying in this case is that, of course, we have to use these credit reporting services, right? right? It's not right. like you have any choice, which makes it even more galling when they do such a terrible job. You know, right. you can't. So now when you go into when I did go to the site, Julie, and check. And, and were you were you there? on the? Well, for... they don't show your name. I mean, you put in your last name and the last six yeah. of your social security. And then you get a message like you may have been breached or I suppose some people got the message not. But yes, of course, I got the message that my information may have been compromised. So then yeah. they give you the info on how to enroll in their new trusted ID premier yeah. program. Right. Okay. Oh, so you're that's kidding what I thought. I, yeah. I thought that. Well, that's uh, that's a hack. That's, that's yeah. That, that's. I didn't believe that. I just. I, I just really. That's what's. No matter what you do. Don't. No matter how many times you change your passwords. And yes. you know, here at Satellite Sister, we have no idea what our passwords are. <laughs> right. Right. It's funny. I just had this conversation yesterday with our, you know, webmaster. Yeah, yeah, we just we don't know what we're doing over here, but we're trying so hard, and that they just did not, you know, exhibit any kind of control. They knew things were hacked, and they waited months, yes. uh, to disclose that information. Yeah. So the gimmick yeah, now, the, the gimmick Equifax now is that they'll. Now. So now you get a fr free one year of their credit monitoring uh, from the Chested ID Premier program. But then after that, guess what? Then you're going to have to pay them for it. Right. Like, how how is that fair? So this is why it's today's installment of the Bitter Business Bureau. Enough said on that. Enough said. Uh, okay, let's take a little break. The sponsor of today's Satellite Sisters is us, the Satellite Sisters. <laughs> we have so much going on that we wanted to tell you about that we're taking our own advertising time in our own show. So you guys, I want to know the latest on Satellite Sisters Talk TV. Well, Liz, we are gearing up for another season of two big recaps. Julie, are you yes. ready? Do you have I, your... I just, I really, I'm already starting to perspire. Just thinking about pole dark and handsomely in this yeah. weekend. Yeah. It's back. It's back to the puffy shirts, the ripped bodices. I mean, it's... It's, you know, it's those heart-stopping scenes, galloping horses, more galloping horses. Things are going to be good on Pole Dark and Handsome. We are going to be breaking it down each week, the, the PBS series, Pole Dark. Uh, right, sister? And Madam Secretary. So we have oh. two, two rolling. Uh, Pole Dark starts this weekend, Madam Secretary the next weekend. But here's the big news, because we're psyched to do it, but we have split off Satellite Sisters Talk TV as its own feed. So you must subscribe to get the podcast. We have it at Apple Podcasts. We did it. And then this week, I actually did it at Stitcher. And I thought it was going to be a very long process, and it took 12 minutes. So, Julie, that's when Leanne sent me an email saying, do you have any idea what our Stitcher password, password. is? I know. See, we just... <laughs> but we I had to... it. I had it. So, shockingly, Liz had it. I submitted Satellite Sisters Talk TV. It was immediately approved. 
So if you listen to us on Stitcher, you're an Android user, you listen on Stitcher, we are good to go, but you do have to subscribe. It will not be popping up if you're a Satellite Sisters subscriber. You have to subscribe to Satellite Sisters Talk TV. Starting, uh, We'll start this weekend, but you can you can catch up. There are other recaps already listed over there on the Stitcher and the Apple uh, podcast page. Oh, yeah. yeah. Please join us. It's a really fun way to watch these series. We have a lot of fun doing the recaps, and we love your comments that you post at our Facebook group. Okay. Next reminder, we post our show notes every week at SatelliteSisters.com. So if you hear about a book that we mentioned or a movie we recommend or just generally any links to stuff that we're referring to, you can always find that at SatelliteSisters.com. Well, maybe not always, but most of the time you can find that at SatelliteSisters.com. And there's other stuff there. We have an audio library there and there are all kinds of other things you can check out at our website. So websites, they still exist, you know. (laughs) It's not all just apps and social media anymore. Uh, We also have a store at Cafe Press. If you go to cafepress.com slash Satellite Sisters, you'll see that you can order products with you can order products with the Satellite Sisters logo on it. We have t-shirts, we have bags, we have hats. So just, you know, go check that out. There's some fun stuff over there. A little bit of a teaser. We are working on some new products for the holiday season. So we are. We are. It's it's going to be real. We're, every year we've said we're going to do this, and yep. uh, we've let you down. But this year, I think we're this year we're actually doing it. Passwords, retail, the list of things we're not really good at. <laughs> pretty long. The word for us, business wise, is pretty much suboptimizing. We yeah. suboptimize almost everything we do, including the store. But we are focusing like a laser now. On, okay. on on the store. You so, heard it from Liz. So, Liz is on board. That's a, so cafepress.com slash Satellite Sisters. You'll see a few things there now if you just want to get your hat and then wait for the holiday season. Then, of course, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Here's the difference. The Facebook page, you just like the page and then you'll see whenever we post our new episodes, when we make announcements about events, pretty much, right, sisters, any news about the Satellite Sisters goes on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Yes, th- Liz. Then the Facebook group is when you join and we have to approve you, which we always do. And then you can talk amongst yourselves. And if there are things you want to share with the Satellite Sisterhood, you can do that there. If there are questions you can ask. Uh, that's how we found out that Derval was responsible for the distribution of Battle of the Sexes. So that is a really fun discussion area where it's sharing and caring there on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So you need to do both things. And then, of course, we're on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, we are uh, at Sat Sisters, and yeah. uh, we try to post some fun stuff. Um, Lee and, and then you posted, Lee, and you're on Instagram also, right? I am at, at Lee and Dolan. Yeah. Yeah. Because you posted the picture of your Oprah mug. Was that on Instagram or was that on Twitter? That was on Instagram. Yeah. 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 On Instagram. Right. Yeah. So, so go ahead, post your mugs. <laughs> we, we have a hashtag. Were we supposed to come up with a hashtag? Yeah, we're gonna do. We'll do, we'll do that. We'll announce the hashtag uh, hashtag on Instagram. But if you're on Instagram, go find us. And I'm on Instagram. I'm at Satellite Sister Liz. Julie, are you signed up? You are right. Yes, I am. And I, I cannot remember it, Liz. I believe, believe it's Julie oldest sister. Yeah. Okay, and, Julie. And on Twitter, some combination of those words. Go ahead. <laughs> Have some fun. Hack into my hack into my Instagram. <laughs> on Twitter, we're at Sat Sisters. So if you ever want to tag us on anything that you're sharing that you think the Satellite Sisterhood needs to see, uh, just tag at Sat Sisters, or you can hashtag Sat Sisters. Uh, and I'm there. I'm hashtag SS Liz. Uh, Leon, I'm sorry, at SS Liz. Leon, you're at Leon Dolan. And yeah. Julie, there you are, Julie Satsis. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then one last thing I'll mention is I am going to be in Portland this week. I'm giving a speech on Thursday, which Monica told me is sold out. Uh, so 
I won't be promoting that. But on Friday afternoon, I'm going to be on Afternoon Live on uh, KATU. So this is a show, Leon, where you have had several successful appearances. And it's a fun live afternoon talk show, Liz. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy being on. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So if you're if you're in Portland and you know home in the afternoon and want to watch me on KATU, uh, go for it. Otherwise, I'll get the link to the show and I will try to uh, post that around in various social media forums. So, whoo, that's it. Today's Satellite Sisters brought to you by the Satellite Sisters. <laughs> nice job, Liz. Excellent work. <laughs> All right. You know, I, I've been disheartened to see that retail is dying. Aren't oh, you? Yeah. When you see like the 200 Gap stores are closing and the yeah, Banana yeah. Republic stores are closing and you go to malls and they're half empty and everyone's buying online. Like I understand the convenience, but I'm not even really a shopper and I still like going into stores. So I was struck this weekend. I went into a store. Pier one, okay? It's a store I love going into because <laughs> it's just filled with crap. You know, yes. it's just yes. chock full, Leon, up to the ceilings, the rafters. They got chairs uh, uh, 10 feet up, right? There, that's where I all know. the chairs are. And I just, I thought to myself, see, this is a store on no planet would I ever go online to buy, you know, smelly candles from pier one and yet here i am enjoying my retail experience buying smelly candles you know i make a twice a year trip to pier one fall and then winter where i like replenish those stinky uh reeds with the you know the the scented you know the oil with the scents mm -hmm. and the good the diffusers yeah. yeah, diffusers. Thank you, Liz. Reed diffusers, I think is what they're <laughs> called. I get some candles for the holidays and the fall. I bought myself some plates that were on clearance. I like a napkin or two that goes, you know, with the theme of the party I'm throwing. And in a million years, I would never go online. And I, I wonder to myself, and you guys can chime in here, if that's a good thing, if a store like Pier One may save itself because no one would ever go online to buy <laughs> You know, like, you know, Target, you can now buy everything at Target. You don't really need to be in Target to see it. Some That's not a great retail experience. But Pier 1, it's a lovely retail experience. It's just yeah. jam-packed, jam-packed. Yeah, a couple of years think? ago, you gave me a, an entire holiday array of woodland creatures. Yes, that uh, form really the the bulk of my Christmas decorations in Bend, Oregon. Yes, uh, are woodland creatures from Pier One, and I never would have said Googled woodland creatures. Woodland creatures. That's right. not that is not going to happen. So you don't know that you want it until you see that stuff, right? right? And is that your point? That's my point, and I, I so I think that that alone may save pier one from going under you know the stores are big but they're full of stuff full of stuff you don't really need but you can justify like this weekend liz i mean they are back with forest friends the woodland creatures there was a raccoon in a canoe liz. <laughs> a raccoon you never would can resist that. a raccoon in a canoe you can't never. resist it you know and i did I you get it? Did you I didn't it? get it. I took a picture. I sent it to Liz thinking maybe she wants it, yes, you know, right. and then I can buy it from her and that will be satisfying. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't buy it. Okay. And this is a true story. So I, I've tortured myself. I kept looking at the picture Sunday morning. I was out walking the dog. I came back at nine 30. You know, what's on my front porch, a raccoon. There's an actual raccoon. <laughs> it's That's like a sign from the universe. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm going back to get that raccoon when I when I get back from New York but I, I just thought about like there are some stores you have to go into and I think those are the stores that may save themselves and I hope one of those stores is Pier One <laughs> so, there we go uh, Leanne guess what guess what Leanne I'm asking what? you this question because you're the mayor another married sister guess what I don't know Joel what, what? That, that you don't have to work on your marriage anymore you can just hack it, Leon. You can hack your marriage, okay? okay? I read this article, and it says, with a couple of quick fixes that take just a few minutes a month. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm not talking about those fixes. I'm just, but just <laughs> quick fixes. Dr. Eli Finkel, who wrote the book, 
all or nothing marriage, okay, he said that you can do love hacks to your marriage. <laughs> Liz, pay attention. Okay? I'm sorry. I am okay. just so sick of the word hack. Uh, could we okay. ban that? Is there a way to stop it? I don't Where know. Where did it come from? I don't, it's just, I don't know. It's I don't just know a, either. It's Silicon Valley hipsters, and now it's just spread everywhere, and it's just wrong. Okay, Julie, I didn't mean to okay. interrupt, but... Okay, a love hack, this is a proven technique that li- takes little time or effort. Now, wouldn't you want to do that to save your marriage? Just hack it <laughs> with okay. little time and effort. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, so here's the thing. You don't have to do all these hacks. You can just pick and choose the one you like, because... Dr. Eli Finkel does not believe that all marriages are, you know, are the same. It is not one size fits all. Okay. So here's the first hack. Just touch your partner. Okay. Touch him. Go ahead. Hold his hands. Okay. Hold hands. Watch a movie. Hold hands. Watch a football game. Hold hands. Just touch him. Okay. 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 Because touching partners leaves partners more confident of being loved by their partner. Okay. Love hack. Very easy. Okay. <laughs> Does that strike you as true, either of you? Yeah, I think yeah, it's that's nice probably to true. See, okay, okay. Right. right. Yeah, I think touching is good. Okay. Two. Don't. I'm, of I'm reminded by the to all the many, many times my mother said to our father, "Don't touch me." <laughs> oh, it's true. That was pretty right. much her automatic reaction. <laughs> so, married 50 plus years, don't touch okay. me. Okay, go ahead. Okay. We have good examples. Okay, <laughs> here are just a couple more hacks here. Don't jump to bad conclusions. Okay, this is a good one. Like, if you call your partner and they don't return your call, don't immediately assume it's because they don't care about you, you're not important, okay? You have to stay up in the happy mode, okay? Don't go in the bad mode. That can really help. That's a little hack. Okay, this one I loved. Okay, here's another hack. Picture yourself, when you're fighting with your partner, picture how that looks from the outside to other people. So <laughs> next time, next time I'm, my husband and I are the Bickersons, I am just going to think about what this looks like and how bad I look being Mrs. Bickerson there. Okay, that's going to help. I thought you were going to say picture your spouse as Idris Elba, which would also... <laughs> That would solve a lot of problems. That would. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. Make a gratitude list. Okay. That's on. That's okay. That everybody says that. Okay. Never made one, but good luck with you. Okay. That that helps you do it. Make a gratitude list. Uh, Accept a compliment. If your husband gives you a compliment, Leon, does your husband's yeah. spouse give you? Okay, accept it. Okay, that's a good one. And this final one, I think it's a really good hack. Celebrate, celebrate the small victories. Like even if you had a terrible day, you know, but if one little thing went right, like you saw the raccoon in the canoe, okay, you can just celebrate that all night, Leon. Okay. Celebrate that with your spouse or just? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's okay. the thing, Liz. Just just celebrate the little things. Everybody's under a lot of stress and pressure. Okay. There's so much conflict. Okay. So you just got to celebrate the little things. Even if you, you're not making any progress at all. If you just see a raccoon in a canoe and it makes you smile, you celebrate that. Okay. All right. I did show my husband a picture of the raccoon in the canoe. (laughs) (laughs) I usually don't. And I showed him the picture, and then I said, and I saw a raccoon on the front. <laughs> <laughs> See, Leon, you're already doing it. You didn't even I know I am. It. I'm okay. away. You know, I'm you guys are making marriage sound so easy. Maybe I should try it. Like, if, it just, if this is all it takes, I could give this a go. <laughs> this is it, Liz. Just hack it. You can do it. <laughs> okay, so... Um, I just have one quick thing I want to mention because I know we're running out of time. I'm going to promote something for next week. Uh, but just here was a thing that happened that I posted on Instagram about that you can all participate in. So earlier this week, I had a dream. And in my, dr- in my dream, I was at the White House. And I was with Ferris, my dog, my late dog, Ferris the greatest dog ever so I was at the White House with Ferris introducing Ferris to Barack Obama (laughs) so now as we know Barack Obama is no longer president and (laughs) and Ferris Bueller Dolan is no longer with us yeah so 
I just want I'm, I'm going to crowdsource some more dream interpretation. I posted this on Instagram. You can go there and you can just look. It's just a picture of Ferris. It's not a picture of Ferris and, and the president because <laughs> that never happened. That was a dream. So I just want, I want to hear your theories on what was that dream really about? Like what's really, what's really going on there? Uh, and there are some good theories posted there already. So if you go to find me on Instagram, you'll see people have put some comments in there. Uh, we don't have time to go through them now. Post more comments and we'll, we will review the crowdsourced uh, dream interpretation next week on Satellite Sisters, okay? Sounds okay. like a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Dream interpretation. I got to say, I'm not a big believer, but okay. It's a lot like time travel, Liz. That's the way, that's the way I feel. But okay. It we'll must mean it. something. Now, why is that happening in my brain? It's not like I have Cubans next door bombarding me uh, to make my brain do weird things. Like, how is your brain making sense of your life at night while you sleep? I just think it's interesting. So it, I, I think the question is in- interesting. It's the answers that are usually our focus. <laughs> Well, we'll just see about that next week, Leanne. Okay. We are crowdsourcing dream interpretation right now uh, on Instagram um, uh, at, at Satellite Sister Liz. So there you go. Okay, so we have a lot. Everyone has a big week this week. Leanne, you're off to New York. I'm off yep. to Portland. Julie, what have you got cooking this week? Uh, I got to hack my marriage, Liz. That's what I... <laughs> Try the touching. That sounds like a good way to start. Okay. Uh, all right. I guess I guess that's it. You know where to find us. Everything will be posted at SatelliteSisters.com, including all the social media stuff that we mentioned about how to follow us in various forums. So uh, I think we're done for the day. Okay, that's sisters? it. <laughs> Wrapping it up. <laughs> Wrapping it up here. So, uh, yeah, everybody, uh, everybody have a good week. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Thanks, Liz.